Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Wow, what a great night. And he, you know, your pastor is, is younger than me. I, I thought I'd have to tell you that, but he is. So he gets away with a few things. I, uh, I've been saved for 50 years. I've been preaching for 40 years. And I've been traveling for 30 years. And that's like 120 years. I like just like that. <laughs> But the traveling ministry uh, really changed last year, and uh, I told the Bible school students this last night, but you, I, I don't know that I can even relate to you uh, what, a, what a key this church was for us last year. I was here in 2020 in February, and uh, it was just a few weeks later that the country shut down, and there was a series of offerings from this church, people from this church, that just really triggered a change in our ministry. And instead of, I didn't travel after March, and this is all I've done for 30 years is travel and preach. And that was the majority of my income. After March, I didn't travel at all in 2020, and my income doubled. Is that amazing? It's just amazing. And uh, I just, uh, I'm just amazed because a lot, of, a lot of the income, the people that stood with us didn't know us, and there were people that I've known for years that didn't do anything. <laughs> but, but this church and the people here, you, you recognize that the Lord was doing something, and we're just getting started. We've just kind of got our platforms all mapped out, and I finally am not fra- afraid to speak to a camera. That took a while. And... Uh, and, and anyway, uh, I, I just, I, I, am, I love this church. I love what you mean to this community. But personally, to me, uh, what happened in the last 24 months has just been a miracle, and you've been part of it. So thank you, Life Church. What a blessing. In fact, give yourselves a hand. You are, wow, what a, what a blessing. Why don't you do this? Could we stand together? And, and I'm not normally a long-winded speaker. If you have heard me, you would know that. But sometimes I have long-winded audiences. So, um, no, not really. We'll, we'll get in. But, you know, I had this in my heart to do this tonight. And uh, that is, let's believe God right at the outset for revelation knowledge. I believe this could be a very special night where you might see some things you've never seen before. And many times the things that are limiting us just need a little adjustment. If you're a Christian and you love God and you know, you're open to the things of God, sometimes we just need a little revelation in an area and it can change everything. And so let's trust God to do that tonight. That's going to be a two-way thing. He's going to give you revelation and he's going to give me utterance. And Paul used to pray for both of those things. He prayed, in fact, it's right here in Ephesians 1.17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So Paul prayed that constantly. And then he said this to the believers, pray for me that I may open my mouth boldly and make known the mystery of the gospel as I ought to speak. And when you get that, those both working there is, that is just the atmosphere for change and miracles in your life. Amen. So let's believe God for that. Could we do it? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the word and for the Holy Spirit. We pray tonight that you give the people understanding. Give us revelation. Answer questions. Open hearts and minds. Cause me to say exactly what they need to hear that would change things in their lives forever. I thank you, Father, for the anointing that you've anointed me to speak your word with boldness and that tonight the miracle of ministry would happen through the preaching and teaching of your word. And as it goes forth, Holy Spirit, you guide me and open the hearts and minds and we'll give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor, Lord Jesus, for everything's accomplished in this place tonight. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. You could be seated. Man, I know the Bohr family. I, I knew your pastor before he was married. He was a mess. He was, you cannot believe what, what Amy has done in his life. I loved your offering. You was doing millions, and, and then I hope you didn't ruin it. Yeah. 
who says a dollar? I mean, anyway, but uh, what a great family. We, uh, I just love them. I love their kids and just to, to watch the, the Lord bless that family. You're in good hands here. You have a pastoral staff other, other than Bill that really, really <laughs> loves you and cares for you. I always pick on Bill. I don't know, but I'm a guest. I don't know anything. I think he's sown seeds. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Should I do this? I think I'm going to do this now. Uh, The revelation has already started flowing. I have studied faith for the last year because I've gotten to that part, that point in my programs. And a lot of good series have come out of that. And I'm going to minister on faith tonight. But if you want to follow up on it, there's some material back there that would really help you. This series is called Understanding Faith. It's five messages on faith, what faith is, what faith is not, how to release your faith. It's a real nuts and bolts teaching on the subject of faith that would really feed you. These are CDs. This is a USB. If you don't know what a USB is, you're going to want to get this one. (laughs) I'm kidding. We actually have both. This is kind of a weird time where you have to have all this stuff. USB, CDs, MP3s, MP4s, streaming. Did I skip something? Cassettes. (laughs) Anyway, these are both back there. If you'd like to, who who has a CD player and you know how to use it? Here, let me throw that to you. Oh, good. We'll have to practice that. Uh, And this one, this is the USB version, and you can, you know that plug in your car that you charge your phone? You can actually put this in and play teaching. I mean, I'm telling you that because I just learned that myself. It's like, you mean that'll play? It doesn't just charge? Yeah. Who who would like to have this? (laughs) Let me give it to this fellow here. Yeah, look at that delivery. All right, and then, uh, and then this is a USB. This is really a, a, a bundle that we put together from my program, but it's a really good value. We have um, 20 sessions of a series called You Have the Spirit of Faith, 15 sessions that I titled The Spirit of Faith, 35 sessions altogether, and this is audio and video. So it'll play on your smart TV or your computer as video, or it'll play in your car as audio, and it'll just really give you a lot of faith material for $30, and I've, I was adding it up. It cost me $10,000 to produce it, so I think $30 is a good deal, <laughs> and so these are back there if you're interested in that. Who, you, want, you want this? Sure. Well, don't get too excited about it. There, right? <laughs> then this one's called God Likes Faith, and this was a lot of fun. It's kind of an introduction to faith, and this is a free gift to you. Um, you can go to my table, and if you fill out one of these cards and uh, hand this in, it's your name and address, and we'll be able to communicate with you through email or mail. You can get one of these download cards and uh, go to my website, and it has a code on the back, and you can download this. It's a $16 value. Uh, for download for for free as a gift to you. Um, And we don't have any of these CDs back there, but this is a great series on the subject of faith that will really get you started. Uh, It talks about why faith is so important, and it it talks about how to build a storm-proof life, building on the Word, the foundation. The wise man built his house on the rock, and when the storms came, he stood, and I want to be that guy. How about you? So that, that explains some of that and will give you a lot of um, good information. Um, let's do this. Turn to Luke chapter 17, and I, tr- I am trusting the Lord, the Holy Spirit, who's here tonight, to give us revelation knowledge. I believe he can take a, a, a service like this and make it extra special. And I, and I want him to do that for you because uh, there's just a, I don't know, I, I just love this place for what it means to me and how 
how successful your ministry is here in this area. You're touching a lot of lives. Luke 17, verse 5 says, And the apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. Increase our faith. Now, there has never been a better time for the church to walk by faith than right now. If you thought it was good in the 80s and 90s, you hadn't lived in the 220s yet. You need to walk by faith in this day and time. It's, it's going to allow you to, to have peace in a world that has none. It's going to allow you to experience victory. It's going to allow you to be calm in the midst of chaos. Faith can, can totally remove you from the, the uh, stress the stressors of this world and help you live life to the fullest. You can, by faith, be happy and be joyful when everyone else is pulling their hair out. And, and there's just a lot of intensity in this day and time. And the church needs to rise up and say, you know what? There's still a God on the throne. Jesus is still Lord. The Bible's still true. We're still going to heaven. And all the promises of God are still in force. So I don't have time to get too uptight and upset. I want to live my life, and I want to enjoy the blessings of God in doing so. We can be part of the answer, not part of the problem. We can, we can be the solution that the world is looking for. But in order to do that, you can't do it by feelings. You've got to, we've got to learn to walk by faith. The Bible says we're supposed to walk by faith. The just shall live by faith. We're supposed to fight the good fight of faith. And the Bible says that we're saved by faith. So you, you're never going to get away from the need to, to understand and walk in the faith of God. 1 John 5, 4 says this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So as we talk about this subject uh, there, there, and the importance of it, what it does for people, a common response is, you're right, preacher, faith is important. I just don't have that much. I could use some more. Well, I'm going to answer that question tonight because the disciples felt the same way. They said, Lord... Increase our faith. Why do you think they would say that? Why would they go to the Lord and say, increase our faith? They must have felt like they didn't have enough. They must have felt like they could do better if they had more. And, and many times we think that way because, you, you know, you, you don't feel faith. Faith is not a feeling. Uh, and faith is different than hope and positive, you know, mental attitude. Faith is more of a decision than anything else. And, and I don't want to get to the punchline too quickly, but you've got faith. So the disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. Now that question is flawed. <clears throat> that question is based on two wrong assumptions. Number one is that they could go pray and God would give them faith in answer to prayer. That's not how faith comes. You can't pray for more faith. And number two, it's flawed because they didn't think they had enough to get the job done, obviously, or they wouldn't have asked for more. Jesus could have just said, no. But then none of us would have understood why he said no. And we would have been more confused than ever. But he gave them an, an illustration that is just full of truth that we want to analyze what he said back to them was, I'll just paraphrase it and then I'll read it. You don't need more faith. You just need to use the faith you've got. Now, I want you to remember that phrase because that is uh, throughout Scripture. You see this being uh, reemphasized over and over in different ways. But here's, here's the answer. The Lord said... If you have faith as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. So sometimes it gets a little bit confusing because we got mustard seeds and mulberry trees and the sea, and, and you can kind of get lost in the imagery. But, but he really is saying you don't need more faith. He's picked the mustard seed because even Thomas had that much faith. 
He picked a mustard seed, not because it was special, but because it was really small. And these guys had already left everything to follow Jesus. So they already believed in God. They believed Jesus was the Messiah. So they were using some faith. And he wanted to pick something that wouldn't leave anyone out. And I can guarantee you that every person in this room tonight has at least a mustard seed worth of faith. It took that much just to come to church. It takes that much just to get up in the morning. It takes that much to read your Bible. I mean, you've got faith. Everybody say, I got it. it. So so he he didn't want to leave any one of them out. He's saying, he said, if you had faith as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and cast into the sea, and it would obey you. So so what he's really what he's really saying is, you guys have got faith. If they if he'd given them a test, you know, where are you in the faith spectrum between one and a hundred? They'd have probably all been over, what, 30 or 40% at least, some of them more, if they're just guessing. So he's saying, you have enough faith to move things, to change things, to do remarkable things. But the problem is, you're not using it. And if you're not using it, and you get more, it's not going to help you. Because you're not using what you did have. You'll just have more to sit on. More to not use. So he's saying you guys could have already made a difference in your life, but you're not using what you have. So number one, I, I, I'm not going to give you more faith because that's not how faith comes. Let, let me just prove to you that you know how to do this. You know, Romans 12, 3 says, he's given to every man and woman the measure of faith. Everybody say everyone, 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 all right? So he's given everyone the measure of faith, and Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by what? Hearing, and hearing by the word of God. If you put those two together, that literally means that any person in the whole world is capable of believing any promise that God has made, so that a person can hear the gospel one time, the first time they've ever heard it in their life, and they can believe it if they choose to and be born again right then and there and receive the greatest miracle that ever was. But if they stop believing there, they're going to stop receiving right there. That's all they're going to get because this is a process, and we can believe more and receive more. But it's still our choice. We must make that choice. So Hebrews eleven six says, he that comes to God must believe that he is. Did you know every person can do that? If they couldn't, it wouldn't be fair. Every person can choose to believe God. Everyone in the world today who believes that there is a God chose to believe that. And every person in the world today who does not believe there's a God chose not to believe that. Not because they had to, because they chose to do it. So we, who are in the church, have the measure of faith, and we've heard the word of God, so we've got faith in, in many areas. That doesn't mean you're using it, but you have it. And, and I'll tell you how you can prove it. I'll give you a faith test. How many of you believe in God? You believe there's a God in heaven, and yet you've never been there, and you've never seen him face to face, but you believe him. You can't hear his voice with your ear. You can't touch him with your hands, and, and yet you believe there's a God, and if a scientist gave you a thousand reasons why there is no God, you wouldn't believe that because you believe there's a God. And once you believe that, your faith goes beyond logic. Nobody can talk you out of it. Nobody made you do it, and nobody can stop you from doing it. Faith is an individual right. It's more of a choice than anything else. It's not necessarily a feeling. You don't always feel faith. Sometimes the greatest faith steps you've ever made in your life, you felt nothing. So you believe there's a God, and you've never seen him, touched him. How many of you believe that he had a son, and his name was Jesus? that he came to the earth 2,000 years ago and had a ministry. How many of you believe that man Jesus was God in the flesh and he died on a cross? Were you there? Do you have pictures? Do you, can you show me where the cross is that he died on? But you believe that. 
And, and you believe that what he did 2,000 years ago affects you right here, right now, as far as your sins. You've probably accepted him as your savior, and you believe that your sins are forgiven and you're born again. Don't you believe that? Do you believe that? Now, you can't prove it. We can't do an x-ray and show the world that you're a new creature. You've probably never seen your name written in the book of life, have you? And yet you believe it's there. You believe there is a book of life. And there's no proof of any of this. But you believe it. <laughs> You're strange. <laughs> it, gets, it gets more strange. Let me go out on a limb here and ask you this. Do you believe in a place called heaven? Do you know where it is? Can you point to heaven? Yeah, what about people in China? Do they point down? I mean, how can everybody point up? It can't be everywhere. You don't know where heaven is. You've never been there, probably. If I gave you a spaceship full of fuel and a, an intergalactic GPS, you couldn't get to heaven. And yet you believe it's there. And let me guess, you believe that when your body dies, you're going to go there. You don't know where it is. You've never been there. And yet you're going to go there. And you probably believe you've got a house there. Do you believe you have a house? <laughs> Do you have a house in heaven? Oh, a mansion. Yeah, why not? Yeah, a mansion. <laughs> and you probably believe that your street out in front of your mansion, let me guess, made out of gold. We believe all that without even blinking. Do you know how crazy that sounds? You might as well throw in the Easter bunny. You know what I mean? I mean, to the world, that sounds like you have lost your mind. And yet we believe that without even thinking about it. And we, and we would fight to defend our faith in Jesus and in heaven and the word of God. You know, there's only one word for people like you. Well, there may be more than one, but... You know what the word is? Believers. This is what we do. This is who we are. We're good at this. So what I'm saying, what Jesus was saying... You got faith. Anybody that's got a measure of faith, any kind of faith, the mustard seed worth of faith can move things, change things, receive things. So don't limit your faith to the past, the cross, the death, burial, resurrection, and don't limit it to the future, to heaven and mansions and streets of gold. Let's expand our faith to the here and now. Because if we can believe those things, you can surely believe that my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. If you believe those things, you can surely believe that you have the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Surely you can believe that by his stripes you're healed. Surely you can believe the things that are ours right now. You've got the faith. So Jesus they said, Lord, increase our faith, and maybe we've all felt that from time to time, but that's not really necessary. They assumed that they could pray and get more faith, and number two, they assumed that, that they didn't have enough. You've got enough. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, you, you have the same spirit of faith. You have the same spirit of faith as them. They believed and they spoke. You believe and you speak. Actually, I'll give you the... I don't normally go into too much detail on this, but, but think about this. He said, if you had faith as a mustard seed, you could say to the mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots, cast into the sea, and it would obey you. Now, if you take out the mustard seed and the mulberry tree, and you just leave the nouns and the verbs in there, he says, if you have faith, you could say, Man, that's powerful, isn't it? In the light of you don't need more, you need to use what you have, he said if you had faith, you could say. If you had faith, you could say. Because faith speaks. 
So if you have faith and you're not saying, you're not using the faith you have. And you can act like you have faith and think you have faith or don't have faith, but if you're not believing and speaking, it ain't working for you. And we could give you 10 times more faith than you have, but if you're not believing and speaking, it's not going to work for you. It'd be like having a four-cylinder car in your driveway that's in good working order and saying, Lord, I don't know why I always walk to work. I need a bigger car. So you get a bigger car and you walk to work and you go, boy, this is not helping me. I need a bigger car. And so you get an eight-cylinder car and you walk to work. Finally, somebody's going to say, I'm not going to give you a bigger car than that. You need to use that car. It's not going to drive you to work itself. You've got to exercise. If you have faith, you could say. Is that good? Now, 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 you could put another noun and a verb in there, and you really get the picture. If we're talking about cars, you could say if you have a car, you can drive. If you had an airplane, you can fly. If you had a shovel, you could dig. Help me out here. <laughs> if you had a gun, you could... If you had a pen, you could sew. What are you talking about? Sew. No, I'm kidding. A needle. Because cars drive, airplanes fly, shovels dig, faith speaks. So they're sitting on their hands. They're not saying anything other than, Master, Master, we're all going to die, or seeing things like that. No wonder they're failing all the faith tests. How come this never works for me? It just worked. You just said it doesn't work for you. And if you're going to sit on your hands and not speak and wait for God to do it, you can pray for faith all you want to, and it's not going to change anything, because if you have faith, you can say. And if you have faith and you're not saying, then it's not going to work for you. It's going to work for the ones that use it. So throughout the Bible, what you see is Jesus encouraging people. He never stopped anyone and said, you don't have enough faith, ever. Why? Because they did. I hope this encourages you. Peter walked on the water. You remember that story? So the, Jesus is walking on the water, and, and the, the disciples are in the boat. They had left early, and Jesus is walking out there, and, and uh, they saw him, and first they were afraid. And then and, and, uh, Peter said, Lord, if it's you, <laughs> tell me to come. Man, that's a loaded question, isn't it? <laughs> now, if Jesus had been reasonable like most people, he would have said, now, Peter, this is not going to end well. <laughs> it is me. But just, you know, just stay in the boat. Go, go to Life Bible College and, <laughs> and, and take some online courses. Start practicing a little bit. You're just not quite ready to just full-on walk on water. And I don't want you to drown. Did Jesus say that? No. Did Jesus know Peter wasn't going to make it? Probably. But what did Jesus do? He said, come on. He never stopped anybody from believing, ever. He's always trying to fan the flames of faith and get people to do things they hadn't done before and stretch. He would rather Peter walk a few steps and, and go down than to stay in the boat. He knew he was going to help him and he was going to reach him. He was going to not let him drown. But, but he, he wanted him to get out there and try it. And, and he wants us to do the same thing. It's time to believe God for bigger things and better things than you've ever believed before. Quit buying into the, 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 the uh, constant flood of bad news. The world's trying to get us to believe the worst. I don't know what the future holds, but I do know this. God hadn't changed his promises to me. He hadn't changed his mind about me. God didn't say, well, you know, things were going pretty good, but things have really gone off the rails. You're just not going to be able to do what I ask you to do. 
You're not going to be what I wanted you to be. Society, the environment, the world won't let you now. That's not in God's vocabulary. Nothing has changed when it comes to you and God. So we need to say what God said. We need to speak the promises of God, believe the promises of God about us personally, and live our lives. And, and believe in areas that maybe you hadn't believed before. It's fun. Mark chapter 11, verse 12. Look at this. Mark eleven twelve. Now, the next day, when they'd come out of Bethany, he was hungry. Jesus was. Seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. <laughs> In my opinion, maybe he overreacted a little bit. I don't know. He was hangry. <laughs> I mean, he's Jesus. He, he can do what he wants. I actually really believe he was doing this as a lesson in faith, but the tree was not happy about it. <laughs> the tree just kind of got in the way, and, and so he cursed this tree, and, and, uh, and, and, he, and nothing happened. Immediately, nothing happened. And so if you, if you go on down now to, um, let's see where we would, in verse 20, in the morning the next day, uh, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up by the roots. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? <laughs> and Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. They, were, they, were, they thought, man, that is pretty cool. Look what Jesus did. We knew he was the Messiah. And, you know, he could, have, he could have fed right into that. He could have said, I told you guys I was God. You better believe me when I talk or you're next. You know? Don't try this at home. This is way beyond you guys, but I'm just telling you, you better pay attention to me. He didn't do that at all. He did just the opposite. Just, not only just the opposite, he did the opposite and then he raised it. Because he knew they were in awe. They were surprised. They, were, they thought, you're the best, you're the coolest thing we've ever seen in our lives. And he goes, guys, you're impressed with this dead tree? Are you kidding me? He said, he's looking around. He goes, see that mountain over there? Whoever says to that mountain, be removed He's not, he didn't say, only I can do this. He's saying, you can do this. I see you a fig tree, I raise you a mountain. You can move a mountain. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, he will have whatsoever he says. Yes. Is Jesus saying, you know, most of you aren't going to be able to do this? No. He's saying, whosoever. That's the same word in John 3, 16. How many of you believe that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life? Who does that apply to? So does the whosoever in Mark eleven twenty three. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain. He's saying, you guys are believers. You can do it. You can do this yourselves. It's never been about, let's sit back and watch God work. It's about let's work with God. God wants to put us in the game. He wants us to experience these things for ourselves. And faith is very important to him. You know, if you had a child, and a lot of people would like for God to act this way, but it's not right in the natural and it's not right spiritually. If you had a child and you put him in the corner and said, now look, Junior, you're too young to walk and I don't want you to get hurt, so I'm going to walk for you. Whatever you need, I'll get it for you. And then he gets to about five or six years old, and you're like, you know, you've never walked, so we're going to continue to do everything for you. I don't want you to get hurt. In fact, the world is a scary place, and I don't want you to go out there and get, get, get offended and get hurt and get injured, and I don't want you to lose friends and find out 
out what it's like to have a broken heart. You just stay there in the corner and I'll do it all for you. That would cripple that little kid and he, and he would never experience life the way it's supposed to be lived. And God does the same thing with us. We'd love to sit in the corner and say, Lord, just bless me. But he's saying, no, get up. Stand on the word. You speak to the mountain. You speak to the tree. You find out what it's like to stand on the word of God. You find out what success and failure is all about. You get out there and live life. You go experience faith the way I experience it, and I'll be with you. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I'll back you up. I'll give you authority in the name of Jesus. When you lay hands on people, I'll heal them. When you preach the gospel, I'll save them. And I'll back you up, but I'm not going to do it for you. Don't you think you're going to sit back and watch God just move mountains and kill trees just because it's entertaining? That's not how life works. He wants us to get in the game. And once you learn how faith works, it's like, put me in the game. You know, if you're really a champion, and we really need, a, we need the heart of a champion. We really do. You t- you, when you look at these champion football players and the game gets tough, they don't want out of the game. They want in the game. In fact, these, these world-class running backs, I guarantee you, these receivers, they get in the huddle, things are going bad, they're like, give me the ball. I want the ball. I'll be open. You give me the ball. We need some of that in the church. I know things are tough, and I know we've never faced a future like this before, but we were born for this. We've been preparing for this. We were made for this. We ought to be on our tiptoe saying, God, show me the next mountain. Show me the next giant. Show me something to possess. I'm ready. I want to live life. I want to get out of the corner and quit waiting for you to do things for me, and I want to do some things for you. If you're going to do that, it's going to be by faith. You can do this. You were made for this. In Mark chapter 9. You want to see another one? Mark chapter 9. And, you know, when I use these illustrations over and over, they're in the Bible, and some of them are written three times in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, And so there are only so many you can draw from. But these stories illustrate different facets of different truths. And so we use them as our, as, 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 uh, as our doctrine builders because they, uh, they were put in there for that purpose. So you could use this story, this, this uh, encounter, for a lot of truth, a lot of Bible teaching. But let's look at it in light of what we've been talking about tonight. This man brought his son to Jesus. He had a deaf and dumb spirit. And the disciples were there. Jesus was not there. And the disciples couldn't help him. Uh, he couldn't, they couldn't cast him out. <laughs> I've been in services like that where they try everything. They, you know, anoint him with oil, spit on him, pull their hair, anything. Just... Please be healed. And, and, and nothing seemed to work. And, and uh, so Jesus walked up on this scene. And they told him what happened. In verse 19, he instantly put his finger on the problem. He said, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. So they brought the boy to Jesus. Verse 20, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him. And he fell on the ground. And he wallowed, foaming at the mouth. And he asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he's thrown him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But, here's his plea, his prayer. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. That is the opposite of faith. That, that may be a sincere prayer, but that doesn't get very far with a faith God. And I'm not being mean to this man, but I'm going to tell you, You can't receive from God if you're going down this road. His first interaction is, I don't know if you can do this. Well, that is an insult to God. You don't know if he can do it? Jesus is thinking, have you seen my resume? I've made everything. Everything was made by me, for me, and through me. And by me, all things consist. If you're going to go to God, you got to believe he can do it. You got to believe that. That's got to be nailed down. God can do it. Everybody say, He can do it. it. 
So, so that's, that's vital. Then the next part of his prayer was, maybe you can, but if you can, please have compassion on us. I don't know if you want to. Well, that's worse than the first one. Now he's saying, you may be able to do it, but I don't know if you even want to. And, and that, that there's just all kinds of things wrong with that approach. What he was doing was, and he didn't know, he'd never had any teaching, so Jesus is going to teach him. But he brought his son to Jesus, and basically he just said, whatever happens next, totally up to you. I've done all I can do. And I brought him. And you might think that's all you have to do is just bring your problem to Jesus. But Jesus required more than that. Jesus looked at that man, and notice what he didn't say. He didn't say, how much Bible training have you had? Because I'm not sure you're ready for this. I don't think you can do this. He didn't tell anybody that. He never told anybody, you can't believe. He said, you haven't. And why didn't you? But he never said you can't do it. Why? Evidently, we all can. I don't know about you, but that just that's liberating. I can believe anything I want to believe. They told me tongues is of the devil. And I prayed in tongues. I said, I don't care what you say. I believe it's from God. I, you, you can give me all the facts you want. But I believe. And so here's this man, and Jesus didn't say, you know, everybody's tried, so, you know, this is a really a bad case. I just don't think there's enough faith in this room to get this done. I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do. He didn't say that. You know what he said? Jesus, the, the man said, if you can do anything, have compassion. Jesus said, no, 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 that's not the question here. Because if we leave it like that and he doesn't get healed... You'll think I couldn't or I didn't want to. Here's the question. If you, not if me, if you can believe. You know that's always the question. It's not a matter of God can do it or not. Or if he wants to do it. If it's in his word, he wants to do it. The, the question is always, if you can believe, all things are possible. If, if we had a an altar call tonight for salvation and 10 people came down who wanted to be saved, I guarantee you, if they will believe, they'll be saved. There's no question why. God wants to and he's able to. Now, that's up to them. What God does next is, there, is up to them, not God, not me. We love it, you know, when it works in our favor, but then it's a two-edged sword. So the man, you know, he's like... I didn't know I had to bring anything else. I brought the boy. Came like everybody else. I didn't know I was supposed to bring faith. So he goes, Lord, here goes. I'm not very good at this. I'm, this is my first time. I believe. Help my unbelief. <laughs> See, well, that ain't much. Yeah, but it's a mustard seed worth. It's a far cry better than if you can and you want to in your own good time. No, he, he went from that to, I, I believe. I believe. Help my unbelief. And that was enough. See, God's not trying to keep things from us. He wants to get things to us. But he does it this way. And you know, you, you might not have a lot of appreciation for faith, and you live in the natural world most of the time. You, you probably shouldn't. You know, I don't, want, I don't want somebody coming to work by faith. You know, I, I want them to be there. And they don't want me to pay them by faith. You know what I mean? It's trust but verify in the world. I mean, you've you got to have collateral and proof and all kinds of things. But, but in the kingdom of God, it's all faith because you can't even see him. So this is the best way to interact with an invisible God and receive invisible promises from God. It's going to be by faith. And, and it's good because, because uh, this is something you can do. So, so Jesus delivered the boy after that, and, and that proves that it, it was God's will to do it all along, and it proves that God was able to do it all along 
But it also shows that unbelief stopped what God wanted to do and was able to do. Once the unbelief was removed, then God moved. What are you saying about your situation? What are you saying about your storm? What are you saying about your symptoms? What are you saying about your finances? What are you saying about your future? Faith is not a feeling. You can come to church and feel like everything's going to be all right and believe all the wrong things and say all the wrong things. But if we'll turn this around and begin to believe the promises of God and apply them to us personally, we can do nothing but go up, prosper, increase, even in the worst of times. In Mark chapter 5, and I'll just, give you, I'll just give you one more. Mark chapter 5, there was a man named Jairus, and his daughter was at the point of death. Jairus had a little more faith working than, than this, this previous man. He went to Jesus, and he said, Jesus, my daughter's at the point of death. Come lay your hands on her, because you just never know what God could do. Is that what he said? Come lay your hands on her because I'm desperate. I don't know what to do. That's all I know to do. No. He said, if you lay your hands on her, she will be healed. You know what that is? That's faith. Now, where did Jairus get all that faith? It's not like he'd been to Bible school either. Where did he get it? He just heard. He knew about Jesus, and he just decided, I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe that what he's done for others, he can do for us. I'm going to believe it, and I'm going to say it. It's not going to be wishy-washy. There's no doubt about it. There's no, no, there's no cover in the bases. There's no, I don't want to get my hopes up. He just went to Jesus and said, if, if you lay your hands on her, she'll live. And you know what Jesus said? I'm coming to your house. Isn't that great? God's always ready to move toward faith. Jesus didn't say, I'm too busy right now. He said, no, faith has come. I'm going to answer that. I'm going to go this direction. So he's on his way to Jairus' house. The woman with the issue of blood touched his garment, and she was healed, and they stopped, and they had that encounter. By the time all that was done, messengers came from Jairus' house and said, it's interesting. And they said, don't trouble the master any longer. She's dead. You know what they're saying? Not even God can help you now. It's too late. And Jesus didn't look at Jairus and say, well, this is totally out of your league. I mean, with a man with as little training as you've had and as little experience in the word that you have, there's just no way that you're going to be able to believe for this miracle. So I'll preach the funeral. Jesus didn't, not one minute did he give place to unbelief. He looked at Jairus and he said, do not be afraid, only In other words, you can do this. You can do this. I believe that's what God's saying to us tonight. You can do this. You can do it. I don't care what you're facing. You can do it. If you're a young person today, don't you believe for a minute that the global crises have robbed you of your future. It's not true. You can be what God called you to be. You can do what God's called you to do. I get an attitude about that. You know why? Because I didn't ask to be born now. I wanted to live in happy days, you know, in the, in the 50s. Things were going good. It's not my fault that I'm alive here in 2021 and things are going crazy. You know what? I want to believe God. We've got to believe God. I don't care how old you are or what you've been told. You have a future in God. You just need to believe that. Say, well, it's dead. Do not be afraid. Only believe. I mean, that is something that that, that Jesus didn't even give Jairus a pass. He didn't say, look, I'll take it from here. This is way out of your league. Just, just, just come along and let me show you what God can do. He said, no, you, you participate. Don't you be afraid. Only believe. You know what that means? We don't have to be afraid. We can always choose to believe. It's our choice. 
Are you getting this? Hallelujah. I'm a believer. Just show me what to believe. Now, I talked about it last night. There are people that believe in aliens from other planets. You can believe that if you want to. I don't see the value in it, but, but it just proves that people can believe whatever they want. That won't change your life. That won't move a mountain. That won't kill a giant. It's kind of a waste of time. But, but if you'll believe the Bible, you can see all kinds of things change in your world if you'll believe that. Hallelujah. The Bible says of the children of Israel that, that the, the, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but it didn't profit them because it wasn't mixed with what? Faith. So, so they heard the right things, and they thought they believed it, but they really didn't mix faith with it. And you can tell if you look at Numbers 13, you can tell that they didn't mix faith because they said things like, uh, we can't do this. They're greater than we are. We're outnumbered. We can't take the land. That's not faith. That's unbelief. You don't have to be that group. You can be Joshua and Caleb and say, let's go up at once. We're well able to take the land. And I, I just believe that right now, Christians are making choices to decide which side of this thing they want to be on. God loves you, whether you are out there on the front lines, believe it or not. But, but why miss this opportunity? I, I want to be a Joshua or a Caleb. And I want to say, in the face of impossible odds, let's go up at once. Joshua said, they are bread for us. Their defenses have departed from them. Let's take the land. We can do what God said we can do. Amen. How many of you want to follow them? Yes. I mean, it's just now getting good. Wouldn't it be sad if a heavyweight fighter trained for, for, for two or three years and got just right down to boxing weight and had done everything humanly possible to train for professional fighting and he gets in the ring and his opponent gets in and he goes, <gasps> what's he doing in here? You've been training to fight him. That's why you're here. Don't run away from the thing that you've been preparing for. We've been preparing for 2021 for 40 years. Let's get with the program. Let's do this. <laughs> it'd, be like, it'd be like Moses running from Pharaoh. Pharaoh was the best thing that ever happened to Moses. What, wasn't he? It'd be like David running from Goliath. Goliath was the best thing that ever happened to David. 2021's the best thing that ever happened to us. That's the best thing that ever happened. Now we've got some things to believe God for. I was waiting for that. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you getting it? Let me just give you some samples. The Bible's full of promises. In 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, all the promises of God are what? Yes. And amen. So, so you can choose to believe any of the promises in the Bible for yourself. And if you're, well, I'll just read some of them. But uh, first of all, Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. Who's that going to work for? Well, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you could say to this poverty, Be thou removed. Amen. <laughs> Be plucked up by the roots and cast into the sea and it would obey you. Who's Philippians 4.19 going to work for? Whoever believes it. Who did Romans 10, 9 work for? That if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, who does that work for? Whoever believes it. That's pretty cool because that way everybody can get saved if they want to. I'm glad it doesn't just work for tall people. Wouldn't that be sad? Romans 10, 9, for everybody that's over five foot seven. The rest of you are going to go straight to hell. But you know what? We just can't help it. No, it's faith. Faith makes it fair for everybody. So who's Philippians 4.19 work for? We do not want to live out our lives and get to heaven and find out there were promises that we left untouched. 
We don't want to get there and find out, oh, wow, I could have stood on that one and I just didn't do it. Let's get the Bible out and find out what we need to get done and find out what God said about it and get our faith in action and take some mountains for God. Let's take some territory. Let's push back in the spirit. I'm not going to... Oh, I... I'm not going to let a pandemic bully me. Just, just irritates me. The, the, way, the way some Christians have reacted is it's like they don't even believe that these scriptures work in the real world. These scriptures were, were, were written for the real world. Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That's a good one. Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Man, that's powerful. I'm not going to be afraid of anybody. If you're in fear, can I give you some advice? If, you, if you're tempted to fear in these days, turn the news off. Turn off the bad news. My program is called... <coughs> Good news for a reason. And the good news is so good, the bad news doesn't matter. If you'll feed on the good news rather than the bad news, then you'll have a spirit of faith. It's just not proper to think that we can just fill up with all this negative information and then be ready to speak to mountains. It just doesn't work that way. All right, so uh, James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given. So if you need wisdom, go ask God for wisdom. Boy, we could use some wisdom, too. We need a lot, lots of wisdom today. God said he'd give it to you if you ask him. 1 Peter 2.24, By his stripes we were, what? Healed. And, and there are plenty of healing scriptures to go along with that one. Then Psalm 23, 4 and 5, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Who does that work for? Whoever believes it. For, for you are with me, your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. I believe that, don't you? I believe that he's a God of abundance. And I love this, preparing a table in the presence of your enemies. He's not going to wipe out the world and clear it of all demon forces. He's just going to prepare you a table, and you can just enjoy his blessings in the middle of all this. And they can't do a thing about it. Amen. Amen. Man, if you're waiting for the world to become a peaceful place again, you, you may be disappointed, but God can prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. Amen. You don't have to put your life on hold. Psalm 91, the whole psalm is good, but <laughs> you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. So who's that going to work for? Whoever believes it. Man, I believe it. I was preaching this one time, and somebody came up to me in a class, and they said, I just don't believe that. It doesn't ring true. Who do you think you are that it won't happen to you? I said, well, personally, I don't think I'm anybody, but I was just reading what God said about me. God said, I would never suppose that. I would never make myself out to be that special. But God said, a thousand will fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. And I am just naive enough to believe that. I believe it with all my heart. Hallelujah. And that's brought me a lot of peace and comfort. Mm. And then Psalm 91, 16 kind of just seals the deal. It says, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. I'll take that. I'm going to be satisfied with long life. I'm going to run the race 
and finish my course with joy. How about you? Praise God. Would you stand with me? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, I'm, I trust that you'll just be able to chew on some of these things and, and you'll get revelation as you go. It is a time uh, to, to live by faith like no other. Amen. Say this with me. Say, I'm a believer. I'm not a doubter. I trust God. I don't listen to the world. I listen to God's word. I have what he said I have. I can do what he said I can do. I am who he says I am. I stand on the word of God. My future's bright. I have divine protection. I have divine provision. I have divine blessing. I have divine healing. God is working in me. I am a conqueror and more than a conqueror. Neither death nor life nor principalities nor powers nor rulers and things to come can stop me from doing what God has called me to do. I belong here right now. At this time in history, I have a life to live. I have a job to do. And I'm here to do it by faith in God. I walk by faith. I live by faith. I overcome by faith. I go from faith to faith. I believe God. I believe God. I trust God. Everything's going to be all right. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. Would you bow your heads? Father, I pray that you will continue to reveal to hearts the things that were said and even things that weren't said. You need an army to rise up and live by faith, to walk in the fullness of the Spirit. And we want to be those people. We want to be that army. Thank you for showing us things that we need to change and implement giving us divine understanding so that we can walk in the way that you have.